Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Kicking Out at Two this week. I'm your host, Dave Rosenbluth, and we are returning with our Guilty Pleasures concept. That's right, Guilty Pleasures Part 2 this week here on Kicking Out at Two, where we discuss some of our own guilty pleasures within the world of professional wrestling history. Things that wrestling fans may not have liked universally, but we felt it was it was tolerable. It was okay. It was something that that you know secretly we we enjoyed. And we're gonna reveal some of those guilty pleasures in just a moment here on kicking out at two but before we do that allow me to introduce you to my co-host this week an individual who uh who we haven't we haven't gotten together and chopped it up in a while but uh it's good to have you back on the show dennis j levy my buddy what's going on man always a pleasure and dave glad to be here that's going to be a good podcast today for sure yeah i mean last you know it's funny because last year uh roughly around this time uh we did the guilty pleasure show the first one, and that was your first time on yeah. this podcast. Is that and, awesome? And, and it was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was really cool. No, no, I'm trying to get it. Does it awesome? No, over a year now. About yeah, exactly yeah. a year that we've been. Yeah. You know, you've you've come on frequently and been a part of this. And you know, I you know I always appreciate your your help and your your input. And uh, you, like I tell you all the time, you bring this different kind of energy to the show. Um, hopefully, we can kind of recapture that magic from the first guilty pleasure because we went to war <laughs> over uh, over uh, the, the the fans. Um, hijacking uh that seth rollins dolph ziggler match from uh from last summer yep. so maybe 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 we'll maybe we'll do it again on some of these subjects i don't know but um i'm really looking forward to it and before we do that let me remind you all um facebook.com forward slash kicking out of two is where you want to be hit the like button if you haven't already tell a friend to hit the like button be a part of all the fun we got going on over there we got links to archive shows pictures gifs memes debates and discussions everything over there over on facebook a very fun positive pro wrestling atmosphere it's not like most of those other pages where you go and you you, you hear guys whining and crying complaining about what they saw on tv this week and you know what they didn't like and etc etc that's not us over there on facebook so definitely hit that like button and be a part of a fun community of positive pro wrestling memories over there at kicking out at two and the same thing goes for our twitter our handle is at kicking out two k-i-c-k-n-o-u-t and the number two uh same kind of fun over there following isn't as strong i say this all the time please if you got a twitter and you like to use it for wrestling and for other purposes give us a follow be a part of the kicking out at two crew over on twitter and kicking out at two is also a part of the retro Mania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network over on Podbean. You can find that show, you can find this show, excuse me, Kicking Out of Two, along with Marking Out the Day's Weekend Warriors, Hulkamania is Dead, Gaijin Wrestling Radio, Origins of Attitude, and so many other great shows. Dennis, I know that you are, you know, you, you do this show with me sometimes, you listen as best as you can to this show, um, but you're a wrestling history buff. If I can give you any suggestion, go over there on Podbean. Um, f- search Retromania and start listening to Hulkamania is Dead. It's a fantasy book show okay. where you know Kobe and Jimmy they rebook the WWF from 1984 to 1993 without Hulk Hogan. What a great, what a fun concept. Yeah, that is really cool. So go check. Yeah, if I, if you have time, go check that out. The it's you called, can, was it Hulkamania was called? is Dead. I definitely will. So and and being a part of Podbean. 
um, and, and having all the shows, all of the, the archive link shows of kicking out it too, as well as all the other shows I mentioned on that Podbean feed, you can search for those shows through different podcast platforms. So if you like Google Play, iTunes, if that's still a thing by the time this recording drops, Stitcher, Spreaker, um, Spotify, you can find those shows by searching Retromania and then go through the whole entire catalog that Retromania has. So uh, definitely, like I said, if I recommend something for you as a wrestling history buff, Hulkamania is dead is, is the show you need to need to get on board. I've not caught up yet. I'm still pretty far behind between real life podcasts, my day job, being a, being a husband and married, it's 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 a lot to undertake but i try to do the best i can keeping up with that so um yeah check that out all right we're into it now guilty pleasures we're gonna go back and forth i i I was trying to figure out a a a solid structure for the show um last year we did five between the three of us with you me and justin it's just the two of us now so we'll, we'll stick with the five um a guilty give me your first guilty pleasure in wrestling history uh, uh something that you enjoy that universally wrestling fans have 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 hated for from forever and a day ago all right so so this has been since the dawn of time of wrestling okay that that the, and i've got it in my head I had structured which guilty pleasure I was going to do one by one by one, but this goal is going to go on in front of the line. Since you mentioned, you know, on Facebook, you, you know, be nice, rock, don't do the, you know, whatever. One of my guilty pleasures is actually hate wrestling. And what I mean by that is that, that, that when the product is so bad, I watch it only so I can say, I, I hate it. I can't believe what I just watched. What is going on? I love wrestling so much, I'm not going to discontinue watching it. So my server lining sometimes is that I call it hate wrestling. I do my watching hate wrestling. So I could just go talk to the boys and be like, what a fucking piece of shit that was, huh? And I knew it was going to be a piece of shit. So I'm turning it off. So I'm watching Monday Night Football. Or they just play you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 or something. I just continue watching just so I could just banter and whatever, you know what I mean? That, 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 uh, so, so my first guilty pleasure is sometimes when I know it's going to be a bad episode of Raw or whatever, and I watch the whole, I'll watch the whole thing so it's just, just so I could just raise my fist and go, rah, 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 you know what I mean? So you is like to a, shit on wrestling Absolutely, I do. That's Absol- a guilty pleasure. Absol- you know what? Absolutely, I do. I, honestly, uh, you're probably not alone in that category with a number of individuals that I know um, that I interact with on social media. But let me ask you something. Absolutely. Okay? And this may, this may be, you know, this may spark the debate a little bit. We might be creating the magic here. Mm-hmm. You, you said you enjoy watching the shitty product so that you can shit on it later Absolutely. and hate on it. Okay? Absolutely. All right. Now, in your opinion, what you're watching is shit, and that's objective. Okay? But let me ask you something. Have you ever debated someone... That ha- have you ever debated someone, a wrestling fan, or had a conversation with a wrestling fan that may undertake that hate wrestling kind of mentality, but you think the product is good? Have you ever uh, have you ever oh, watched absolutely. the med- have you ever watched the med- like oh that's good and someone else is like ah fuck that that's bullshit I I hated what this guy did and that guy oh, did absolutely sh- okay All right, it- give me give me an example Young Bucks with you that that uh. Where 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 you uh, where you'd be like, 
these guys fucking suck. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're, I didn't say they sucked. But, okay, I just said that. I all right. They expose the business, and I do admit that. I, not, I don't even care about exposing the business yeah. per se. Um, what I my message across to you was was that I respected what they were doing in the business in terms of trying to change the game yeah. and change the landscape. But for guys who claim to be innovators and change the landscape and change the game with you know throwing they don't do it anymore, but they're throwing up the fucking too sweet sign. They're telling everyone to suck it. Forty eight fucking super kicks in a match. Like I just didn't get it. I didn't understand it. And, you know, I'm not discrediting their athletic ability, their passion for wrestling, none of that whatsoever. That was what my issue was with them. It's not understanding it. Now, a year later, knowing what I've, I, I, I've watched unfold in front of me in wrestling, how they have started up AEW and how they're building um, this, the, you know, the, the, this promotion to be a big deal in the, it, a worldwide phenomenon eventually, I respect them more. Okay, and I actually watched a few of their matches recently with like uh, Lucha Brothers and uh, um, uh, yeah, a couple of the Lucha Brothers matches. And granted, it's a lot of spot fests. You don't even have to watch the match because at the end they show the replay and it's they show every single high spot in the Good match. Point, actually. You know, you don't really have to watch the match. They show every single high spot. Um, I respect their athletic ability and you know their their passion for wrestling and i could see why their presentation and their style of wrestling appeals to a large audience i i can appreciate that they've they've warmed up to me let's just put okay. it to me that way so i would say the last a, time it's a great example though that you bring up it's a great example but you know the, the, i think it's at the time i didn't think they sucked but i was just like I wasn't on the I wasn't on the train like everybody else. I, like 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 when we did our our Mount Rushmore of tag team, I absolutely put them on there. I think they're so revolutionary and, and like like I, but uh but I but uh I'm glad you kind of you know what's funny. What's that? You're finally getting to I I don't I, I this might be too much of a uh, too much but like no. you're actually you're starting to become a fan of the Young Bucks a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm lie. actually digressing. The Kenny Omegas, the the the, uh, the Young Bucks, AEW. I hate that product. I hate what? that product. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 uh, so, so so here's the thing. Okay. So 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 the whole thing is. We're gonna be the guys that, that's not gonna make fun of wrestling. We're gonna be the guys that's gonna take it seriously. We're gonna be the blah 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 blah. I paid for for, for all in, or, 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 or the last pay, or the second to last pay per view or whatever. The, uh, the, 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 the double or nothing. Double or nothing. Thank you. Okay. I I paid for that. Yep. All in was great, but I, but oh, yeah. I think that but all in was a phenomenal show. Yeah. Without pre AEW and yep. all that stuff. But, that was but, produced so, by Ring of Honor, as that, a matter that, of fact. Uh, that, that, uh, so, AEW's first pay-per-view, Double or Nothing. I paid for it. Yeah. I didn't watch. I, I It's funny. I, that, that I didn't make it past the, uh, the, the, the pre-show. I said, this fucking is stupid. I hate it. I'm not watching it. Uh, the, between, between... What was that, the, the Battle Royale? Yeah, the Battle Royale. The, the and, casino and, battle and, and royale. The, uh, and, and, and the, what are they called? The, and I like the wrestler. And her name is, is, is Olivia Bates. I like her. The librarian. The librarians. With, I was done. With Peter I Avalon. Was yeah. Done. 
done. I said, what am I watching here? This is, it's, these guys, they're, they're, they're press conference. We're going to take wrestling serious. You're, it's going to be the different from the status quo. We're going to be, uh, we're going to show WWE how, how, how to make wrestling. What I saw was not wrestling. I, what I saw was just a piece of shit and fucking exposing the business. Like, like just not taking it serious. Well, between Orange, the, the Battle Royale, for example. Orange Cassidy doing his little fucking stick, you know, kick kick people in the shins, whatever. Yeah. And by the way, when Orange Cassidy wants to wrestle, and, 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 when, and when he doesn't want to be a stupid idiot, he's phenomenal. Yeah. Now, he actually liked the... Uh, the whole pocket in the jeans stuff. Uh-huh. The, 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 one of my favorite spots I've seen in the last 365 days is he was in a match where he does his hands are in his pocket still. Some guy gives him a clothesline, right? Yep. Does the flippy flips and all that other stuff. Lands on his back, right? Then instantly, no sells it. It does like like you know like a like a karate like 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 flip back up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, that, that, uh, I don't know how to explain it really, but like you know he does like that like, kick flip. Yeah. And he's like there. I popped it. I'm like, that was an athletic. That was amazing. Okay. But when, when, when he goes to Tommy Dreamer, he goes, you know, bing, bing. You know, a little tap to the chin. A little oh, tap yeah, to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then it gets flown over. And then 40 Mississippi later, 40, 50, 40 or 50 Mississippis later, you got this guy with no arms and no legs eliminating some guy. Come on, man. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I get why you call bullshit on it. Um, I'm telling you. I, 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 I will say this. Watching AEW, um, I, I I mean everyone views wrestling differently, okay? But watching AEW, I, I I watch for certain things, okay? And you know that part that you mentioned where they take wrestling seriously, okay? I don't think the entire I don't think that's an overall general broad spectrum of wrestling, okay? I think a lot of what you're talking about, that what you're seeing, um, is to get eyeballs on the show. I think eventually once they um, make it to TNT next month, um, we won't see, that won't be the the overall theme of the show um, with the lack of seriousness, like you mentioned from Orange Cassidy. Um, did, did you watch the Cody and Dustin match, the the, the bloodbath? I, I, I eventually got around to it. Okay. It was very good. Okay. It, it, um, that was serious pro wrestling, if you want to describe that, at least in my opinion. And I forgot From who, a storytelling who Mega fought that day. Jericho. It, that, that, yeah, that was good. That, that was good. No, I mean, did I fight Jericho? No, you're right, you're right, you're right. That was yeah, it's double or nothing. Yeah, yeah. Jericho. And, and that Mox, was a good Mox, match. Moxley came I, out I got, I got eventually, yep. I got eventually saw that too. I eventually saw the whole card. Yeah. But, but I just didn't saw it that day. I was so disappointed. So that was, that, that, that that's Exhibit A. Exhibit, or, or, excuse me, you know what I'm trying to say, folks. Now, 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 my evidence B that AEW is, that, that is not what it claims to be was again uh, that, that, that uh, during, during the second pay per view, which I don't think anyone had to pay for. I was not going to pay for it until after I saw the pre show. Fighter Fest? Yeah, it, it, then, yeah what did I see for, for the main event? I, I, I once again, I couldn't make it to the main show because of the pre-show. I think they'd be better off if they just liquidated their pre-shows. I'm telling you. At least for me, I, they're turning off more more fans like me than they are turning them on. That, 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 uh, that, that, uh, so, I don't even know who they were. But the main event was a Japanese gentleman versus... Uh, who? No, the main event was... Uh, um... A guy who couldn't know how to wrestle and it's Japanese gentleman. And, and, uh, no, for Fighter Fest? 
That that that. Are uh, you talking about? It, it was like a hardcore match. Oh, it was Moxley and Joey Janela. No, 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 no. That's the main event for for. I'm talking about the main event for the pre-show. Oh, oh, that, that, oh okay. that uh, it was a you. hardcore match uh, versus. A, I'm telling you, a guy that that barely graduated wrestling school versus a Japanese gentleman, and uh, and 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 it was that one hardcore uh, move in the whole match, by the way. And it was guy. He's taking on. He's like. Doesn't the one the magic trick where he's taking off his underwear and like throwing it in the guy's face and oh yeah and, I saw some clips and, of that, and yeah. then I'm telling I mean that's not everyone's cup of tea Dave. Like, yeah no I get it I get it I understand I understand completely I mean it's what you're seeing I like I said I think that's more to try and get people attracted to the product to when they eventually go to TNT next month um, but I get what you're saying so in a sense. All right, so your first guilty pleasure is, you know... Oh, yeah, we, you, we got derailed. <laughs> you, we, it's okay, though, because it kind of ties in. Yeah. It is, I hate wrestling, okay? When it's shit wrestling, you like to shit on... Yeah, I, I, I like to hate wrestling You when like it's to bad. hate wrestling when it's bad. Yeah. Okay, you'll still watch it, but you like to hate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right, that's, that, that, that's, that's not a bad example, one, but at the same... But, but, if yeah. you, but if you think about it, you hating AEW... Is the opposite guilty pleasure because everyone loves it right now. At least that's the general consensus of most wrestling fans is that it's going to put WWE out of business and et cetera. Et oh cetera. yeah, most things that they lost their freaking minds. They're yeah, nothing it, about business. Yeah, but it's I not will, even about wrestling business. I will say this: <laughs> I've said this before. They yep. need to focus on being AEW. They need to focus on being you know best at what they do exactly. and not trying to be what WWE is. Like every learn from everyone else's mistakes. Okay. But what I'm sick and tired of is, you know, Cody and those guys talking about, you know, um, this being a revolution and, you know, we're, we're, we're fighting the machine that is, you know, WWE to, 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 to put our flag on the pro wrestling landscape and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, all right, we get it. You were the little engine that could, but now you did. And you're here, and now you just gotta like let's let's go on with it. Let's let's you know business as usual. You know what I mean? That's my gripe with them is the is they they acknowledge the competition, which it works in some areas, but yeah. in other areas it doesn't. You know, quit acknowledging the competition and just go and be you. You know, when they did that show um, <clears throat> back in July uh, at the amphitheater, the fight for the fallen. It was that charity show for gun violence in mm -hmm. Jacksonville. WWE countered with. Um, airing the 10th anniversary Evolve show on the WWE Network. I right? love that, by the way. I haven't. I still haven't finished. All this good. time, I still haven't finished it watching good. it. But um, I heard it was pretty good. Um, that's part of that whole busy, you know, crazy life I'm leading right now. I came and finished watching some of the wrestling I have on my, you know, on my DVR. And anyhow, um, Cody did this. You know, you can't counter program AEW and what we bring and et cetera, et cetera. And you know. Quit acknowledging what other people are doing. You know what I mean? You're trying to make a splash in the wrestling world by name-dropping the other company, okay? But when the other company counters, all of a sudden it's like, how dare you step on exactly. my toes? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I don't like. It's do what you do best. Do it in your own lane. Do it, you know, and, and, and hope it succeeds and grows and, and, and prospers. And quit worrying about everybody else. Quit worrying about WWE. Let WWE do their thing. You know what I mean? Like, that's their way of also trying to get more eyeballs on them as well. By acknowledging the competition. By acknowledging people who watch it and say, you know, here, 
go check us out. You know, yeah. I get it, but at the same time, it's like I'm tired of hearing the 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 story of like you know we're we're fighting to make our name in the wrestling business. Like we're fighting the big machine that is WWE. Just shut up and fucking do it. Yeah, that's my opinion. That's so. you know, but WWE is doing the same thing too. The Sami Zayn thing and uh, that uh that, that uh, you know that the oh at, yeah yeah, at, yeah. Uh, no I get at, it at the uh, WWE Hall of Fame because recently um at the, at the reunion you know you know here comes the X and they're like oh too bad Billy can't yeah, go yeah. no I know that I know and I know then, I mean, uh, it, but they, they're doing so they do the same yeah thing. no every, but you know at the same time like it's it, you're gonna get shots back and forth shit's gonna get traded back and forth and it's just that's just the way yeah. it is when it comes to to wrestling all right so your first guilty pleasure here. You hate wrestling. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. That's that's a good one. I like that one. I'll give you my first one. Okay. Um, <clears throat> this is a character. This is an individual that a lot of wrestling fans, when they look back on him, they're like, ton of potential, but the character really made him look silly. I think the character came out during a bad time period, um, but. For some reason, I was just impressed by how this guy looked um, and his presentation. And I thought, you know, um, under the right circumstances and during the right time period, he could have been he could have been a, a, a bigger name than he was. And I'm talking about the Adam Bomb character from the WWF. Oh, I love I love gimmick wrestling. You know that I yeah. do. That, that, uh, he People had a hate- great look. I couldn't believe... If they made him a face, I think that was like their first, their first uh, mistake. The mistake was make him a heel at first. Okay. And that that uh, I think if, if like you know, he eventually became babyface after. Yeah, yeah, I remember him beating, beating Yokozuna. That was that that uh, I thought that's going to be the big push they're going to do. And yeah. then then I think they they just jumped ship to WCW or um, I just remember him beating Yokozuna. I'm like, wow, they're going to push him. I think he got hurt. And then I think eventually his contract ran out, and then he went to WCW. Um, I don't know. I think just think that was his problem. It's like you, you know, you know that um, and uh, that um, and then and then uh, and him actually being, I like, like I said, I love gimmick wrestling. The presentation with yeah. the, with the, the his 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 outfit, the, the singlet, tongue, the everything. red and yellow, with the red tongue and the the the. the the, the neon green, the contacts in his eyes, and then eventually those goggles. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the, the similar to what Becky Lynch wears now, yeah. or used to wear, I should say. Um, you know, and the name Adam Bomb. Like it was just at 10, 11 years old. It was like it was kind of cool, at least to me. But most wrestling fans, when they look back on that time period, Adam Bomb also came in during a time period when you saw Doink the Clown, when you saw um, T. L. Hopper. Duke the Dumpster Drosy, um, you know, the goon, all these stupid, you know, and then eventually on the WCW side, the Dungeon of Doom, you know, all these goofy, cartoonish, over-the-top characters, like, you, you know, I I think Adam Bomb came in during during the wrong time period. If Adam Bomb came in a couple of years prior or a few years later and tweaked his look a little bit, didn't have Harvey Whippleman with him. I think Adam Bomb could have been a, a, a solid, you know, big man in wrestling and could have had a, a, a more substantial run. To me, it's just a guilty pleasure. The name Adam Bomb, like it just sounds so in. It, it may it may sound like Carney Pro Wrestling, but at the same time, it sounds so cool. Oh, it I, just rolls off the tongue. And I just said he was such a good wrestler too. That 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 uh, 
it, for for people who have not seen this match, it, it has to be on YouTube. I can't confirm. Yokozuna? No, not the Yokozuna one. But him versus Bret Hart and Superstars Wrestling. Really? That was okay. awesome match. Well, I mean, it's Bret Hart. Bret Hart can bring anybody I'm telling you, it's not that, oh, Bret Hart can wrestle a paper bag and make it look good. You know what I mean? It was that both wrestlers were very talented. That, 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 uh, it was that powerful versus, uh, you know, technical. Yeah. Uh, versus, versus. Big man versus that, small man. It was yeah. fucking phenomenal. Okay. I, yeah, I implore anybody that, 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 uh. That, that, uh, I know right now on the WWE Network that Superstars Wrestling is only on 1992. Yeah. But but I want to say that was probably 94-ish, 95-ish, yeah. gun to the head. But uh, that, that, that for people that can find it, or haven't seen it and can, and can find it, I'm telling you, it's, it's one of those hidden gems I fucking love, Adam Bomb versus uh, Bret Hart. Okay. That, that, that the guy could go... I to, I'm, I'm totally on board with you about Adam Bomb. That, oh, that, wow. And, and, and that, A, you know, gimmick, gimmick wrestling is one of my guilty pleasures yep. from, from the first episode. Yeah. That, that, uh, and, uh, and B, that, 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 that uh, he was just phenomenal. You're right. He had the look, had the wrestling. That, that, uh, he, he, worked, he was a decent big man, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't say he was one of the best wrestlers, but, like, he, he didn't do anything that, like, a... All right, let's put it this way. He didn't try to do anything that wasn't within his wheelhouse in terms of a big man. Like, you got exceptions like Undertaker that can fly around a little bit, or at least yeah. he used to be able to. Um, Kane, you know, names like that. Um, but Adam Bomb, you know, just kind of stuck to what he knew, and what he and it was short and sweet, and it was effective, and it was to the point. Like, you know, the power moves, and, and people look at it and like, oh, well, he's a shit wrestler because he couldn't, you know, he, he, he couldn't do a headlock takedown, but he didn't need to. He's a big motherfucker. Like, he's not gonna, he's just gonna pound you with fists and elbows and kicks and some powerful slams. Like, that's all he, that's all he needed. You know, that was all he needed. He did venture to the top rope every once in a while with like a clothesline or a shoulder block, and it, it wasn't bad, you know, but. Like I said, I think Adam Bomb came up in the wrong period of time. So that's my guilt. That's my first guilty pleasure. Give me your second guilty pleasure. All right, so this goes hand in hand from, from, you know, hate wrestling to... And so if you hate wrestling or or you hate, like, your team or whatever, what what do you do? You pretend you're the producer. Uh, Guilty pleasure number two, I like to pretend that I am a WWE producer and be like... This is what they should have did. So you like uh, the fantasy like, book? I, I, a little bit. I know okay. fantasy booking drives you nuts. Not, not, you know what? It, it, over the past year, I've become okay with it. I've been more comfortable with it. Um, I don't. I, I I made it a point. I didn't want it to overtake this show, this podcast that I do. Um, but I've become more comfortable with it where um, I've been doing some planning for this show going into the next year and I'm probably going to take I'm probably going to take a little bit of a fantasy booking route with a concept that I'll that I'll debut at some point next year um, in 2020 when it comes to kicking out of two so just full disclosure sorry to interrupt you but yeah um, in the beginning I didn't like it at all because that's all you see every day on the internet when you read, you know, from the message boards and the different, you know, pages on social media when it comes to wrestling. It's like people shit on it, the, the whole I, I hate wrestling part, yeah. and then they decide that they want to be able to fix it. And if you don't agree with how they fix it, then it turns into a gigantic argument. So continue. So, so yeah, that, that, uh, that's it. so, you know, you got those people that are like, 
They're like, you just, hey guys, just enjoy the product, you know, there are going to be better days, yeah. yada, 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 and then you guys got like me or Fire Eater, just like, oh, fuck that, you know, they should have did this, they should have did that, they should have, but uh, here's the thing, it's not me, like, and, and I think it's for a lot of people, like, like, the first layer of it seems like we're being aggressive, and we're being an asshole, or whatever, no, it's, it's, that, it's, it's, that, it's that the wrestling that we just saw was so bad, how we're going to make it an enjoyable experience is that we break it down and be like, they should have did this and this and this and this. And it kind of makes it fun, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, 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 so my guilty pleasure, number two, is definitely when wrestling gets like really bad, I like to like pretend, or not even pretend, just say it out loud, uh, that, 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 that unfortunately point my opinion on somebody and be like, this is what they should have did. Or, or even just like just to be a total asshole. That, that uh, I wouldn't say this is guilty pleasure number three because I think they go hand in hand, but I would actually uh, that that purposely argue with another wrestling fan that this is what they should have did. Uh, that, that how do you feel? Oh no, that's stupid. And, no, they should have did that. So guilty pleasure number two is being aggressively. You do, you, you do that a lot with my brother at work. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Of course. That, 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 uh, All right, give me a prime example of your your second guilty pleasure in terms of uh, you know uh, trying to. Fix what you didn't like that All right, you saw so, on TV. So, 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 so when, when, when that I love current Bray Wyatt, who doesn't, right? Yeah, but, but, but when Bray Wyatt was getting stale a couple of years ago, I had the idea that that, that Sister Abigail not being in, because they're gonna have Bray Wyatt be Sister Abigail. I'm like, what the fuck you doing? And I get it, the, the, the beats, uh, you know, Bay Riot, Demon versus blah, 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 whatever. Oh, yeah, when they I did thought that it'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. I thought it'd be cool, right? If you had like this, like this, if you had like the, like, 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 yeah, you have three female wrestlers, like, a, like in a triple threat, right? Like, like, you had like a Liz Morgan type. And you and you had like you know uh, Naomi or whoever, right? Yeah, yeah. Then uh, you have like a triple threat, right? And all of a sudden the lights go out, right? And all of a sudden you see them, see them like disappear. Like, oh, what happened? Then all of a sudden you'll see Bray Wyatt in the back. You see the girls all scared, whatever. And they'd be like, you soon are gonna see Sister Abigail, right? And then all of a sudden, they, like one by one, they come out like a week later or like they, they, they do a beat up. Sister Abigail would be like a faction, like they would have wrath. Like, like, you got, like, like Sarah Logan, right? Big girl, whatever, you know? Yep. Or that's Wrath. Charm. It would be, like, you know, Liz Morgan. And finally, it'd be, like, Chaos. Have, like, hire, like, someone like Sue Young or, like, or like Rosemary, you know? Uh-huh. And that's just Abigail. Be, be, like, be, like... You know, you know, a female faction. You know what I mean? Instead of just so Bray just Wyatt, one girl, it would have been multiple girls. Yeah, exactly. Such an Abigail would have been like a sense, of like the essence. Like I said, it'd be like you know, you have like a chaos, charm, wrath, or something. You so know what sister, I mean? So, so Bray Wyatt's sister Abigail is in the form of a female faction with different names that embody this sister. Exactly. Embody the spirit of Sister Abigail. Exactly. I kind of like that. Right. I kind of like that. Instead, instead, instead of instead of Bray like that. they look like a total fucking asshole. You know. All what right. I mean? So, so, so this this was your idea, and how did my brother retort back? Because I, I can only imagine how this conversation. I, actually, I don't know. Tell you truth, I'm just saying that was one of our few uh, few conversations we had about fantasy booking and stuff like that. Okay. And said, uh, yeah, sometimes the arguments, sometimes it's agreeable. Yeah. That, 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 uh, but uh, 
But yeah, da, 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 da. I do remember one that you guys did have that you you kind of booked together. And Justin sent me this long text message one day. He was like, "It's been really slow at work." So me and Dennis booked the entire breakup of the new day. <laughs> and I and I read it. I was like, "That's good stuff." I was like, "I like that." You know, going into Fox and Kofi losing the title, and then they they get to Royal Rumble, and then eventually WrestleMania, the Triple Threat. I was yeah, like, yeah, that's not bad. I was like, you know, I kind of like that. But okay. Um, yeah, no, I like that guilty pleasure. I mean, I know that in the beginning I didn't like fantasy booking, but it's grown on me in a sense where I'm, you know, like I said, I'm 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 trying to develop an idea to do something like that for this show to add a little more flavor to it and alternative and give a different concept. So, um that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, any anything else you care to elaborate on that? No, nothing really. Just just example when wrestling gets so bad, that, that, that I like to pretend I'm a WWE now, producer. Th- this could go one of two ways, you know? Th- th- a lot of wrestling fans like the fantasy book, so I guess you'd be in the same category that a lot of wrestling fans, you know, um, but I think that en- is. enjoy it. However, there yeah. are also wrestling fans, like you mentioned at the beginning of your, your statement, like myself, that don't like that, okay? That don't don't care for that. There's a lot of fans that hate it when people fancy books. So you can look at it as a guilty pleasure. At the same time, you could also look at it as being in the majority as well. So it's one of those situations. It's, it's you know, uh, six dozen, you know, six to one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah. Um, all right. I'll give you my second one. My second guilty pleasure comes to you from TNA. Oh god! I, I know this might be a this might be an argument. TNA two thousand five was amazing. Okay. Other than that, I don't know. Well, we're past two thousand five <laughs> here. Um, I enjoyed the main event mafia storyline when they kind of had um, it was like a it was like a mixture between the NWO and that like older group. Um, that Russo used to put together in WCW when he did that New Blood Millionaires Club storyline. Mm-hmm. But this time, the older veterans were the bad guys in TNA, and it was the main event mafia. It was Kurt Angle, it was Sting, it was Kevin Nash, it was Booker T, it was Scott Steiner. Eventually, Taz was a part of the group, but then he w- would go on to be an announcer. Um, I liked it. I thought it was a good way to establish some of the younger TNA guys on a bigger stage because you know you had you had stalwarts like AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and you know Bobby Roode and James Storm and um, LAX and uh, you know even like Team 3D the Dudleys you know were were a big part of the early days of TNA and this main event mafia group rolls in and they you know they form together and they just kind of use their experience and their their wield their power over TNA and I thought it was a good vehicle to launch some of the younger guys like an AJ Styles like a Samoa Joe like I was a I still am a a big Samoa Joe fan I, I think Samoa Joe's great. Uh, people look at his WWE run as disappointing, and it may not be as successful as his time in TNA, but he's still he's Samoa Joe's so good that like he doesn't look very um, even even in defeat in WWE he doesn't like it, it comes off well like it doesn't hurt him at least in my opinion is from from a character standpoint. So I was really really enjoying the run that they had. Uh, with the main event mafia, um, I was intrigued by Sting being a bad guy, even though that didn't last very long. I I thought that there was some legs to it, but I 
I've heard over the years that Sting was not comfortable playing the bad guy. Therefore, that didn't translate well on TV. And then he just kind of went back to being a good guy. Um, but it seemed like they were going in the right direction with the storyline at the end of the year in 2009 when they had Sting lose the title to, uh, to, to, to AJ Styles. And uh, I believe Nash lost the belt, another belt at one point. Um, Kurt Angle had an issue. All you know, the main event mafia was beginning to crumble, and it looked like we were on the path to seeing guys like AJ and Joe at the top. You know, even Kurt Angle, he was still you know kicking, kicking ass and having badass matches. And then that's when they brought Hogan and Bischoff in. And they really changed the creative direction up going into 2010. But I was a big fan of the main event mafia. I I, I liked it, and I think um, it took that narrative that we all have read and heard about on the internet over the years about guys like Nash being you know you know political backstage and holding guys back. I thought bringing that to light and making it part of the story brought some juice to TNA's programming at that time. This is what I. Th- I'm I'm a little if I if I had to wave like one negative versus pro I'm a little on the fence with main main event mafia because here's the thing TNA like you said had this really good young core yep and, and and that should have been my my in my opinion the the face of of of, of impact TNA wrestling that that uh that so when the main event mafia formed in my opinion so so. Like like the NWO faction and WCW, right, was perfect for mm-hmm. it because because they didn't really have young good young talent or whatever. So to have you have a group that's gonna make and and let's just be for real, NWO was creative and all that other stuff. But other than the NWO, the creative team really did stink. So so so, so, so to put themselves over and get viewership, they got the NWO. Brilliant stuff. However. The main event mafia was pretty good at putting themselves over, but I didn't think they were good at all putting over the young talent. That was my that was my gripe with the main event mafia that that that, that they didn't have to have that that they got this young talent that you could be, go behind uh, you could be like behind and whatever. So it's for a faction to put them over, not 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 have a faction that's gonna put put over like like the, you, you know. And so, and I will even say the term a little bit of over the hill talent. That that that, uh, that was my main gripe with them. It was interesting to watch. Okay, and so that's why I'm a little indifferent. Okay, it, it was very interesting uh, to watch them. And that they, you said you got Kurt Angle, you got Sting, you got, you got all these really really talented good wrestlers. Like, like who wouldn't want to watch them wrestle? You know, but they did not put over the young talent. That that that. that uh, that was my that was my big. But do you think right. that, that? But don't you think that the way that the story was constructed and they're kind of taking over and the narrative of holding the guys down? Don't you think that was part of the story and building to eventually when they did put them over? But here's the thing, though: who did they put over? I Sting, can't think. Of, Sting put over AJ, but that's and that's, Bound for Glory. But but that's that's after. And main he was event still mafia. in the main. Well, no, he was actually he was still in the main event mafia. Was he? All yeah, right. he was still in the main event mafia. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that. The main event mafia. Um, was, I just remember, was I just beginning to crumble. Any anybody, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, no. I get it. I understand. Um, but you know the NWO storyline. You brought that up. How 
they took over and they were running roughshod over all the WCW guys, this was similar. This was in similar fashion. You know, there's got to be conflict before you could eventually get to but, but here, the, 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 the end game, which was the main event mafia putting these other guys over. But, but, but take the NWO once again. Okay. Like, other than Goldberg, there was really no one that grabbed the brass ring for like, this young, young talent. Wrong. A, uh, g- give me an example. Diamond Dallas Page. I asked, but here, I agree. It, it, that's that. That's the right answer and wrong answer all at the same time. Okay, it's, it's right. It's right. It's right. saying he did grab the grasp ring. But granted, it's also it took him twenty years, and it also he wasn't young talent per se. No, he wasn't young, that, 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 but he was. But, but, he was fresh in, this, in the main right, event. Scene. That's great terminology. Fresh. He was so, fresh. So, so I agree with you. Okay, but but let's just say it was few and far in between. Okay, that that that. Uh, it said, let's go down the list seriously when it comes to TNA. You had the X Division, which should have been, my my opinion, the 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 the, the highlight, the the, the, the more the, the, focal that, point, uh, more the, of a focal that point was than absolutely yeah. yeah, vocal point. Thank you yeah. for that terminology. That should have been your vocal point, like your X Division wrestlers, your Samoa Joes, your AJ Styles. That that uh, uh, that uh, that uh, all those great young talent. That that that. Uh, the, the, the I don't disagree with people. you. Yeah. I don't the, the, disagree the with you. With that machine sentiment. guns, for God's sake! No, I don't disagree with you with that sentiment. The, 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 in the beginning, in the early, early days of TNA in 2002, they made it appear like the X division was the centerpiece, and everything around yeah. it was, you know, the supporting cast, and that was what was making them different than WWE. Like you said, 2005. When I think of TNA 2005, I think of AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels from Unbreakable, and how phenomenal. That's probably the best match TNA had ever put out ever. Um, I I feel like they were victims of uh, their you know I, I think they were victims of of trying to recreate history by trying to bring in older and established guys. There's there's ways to do it. There's ways to bring in older and established talent. Okay, um, and but. They were recycling a lot of WCW and what WCW was doing and how they were handling some of those guys. Um, so I think that was their downfall um, in terms of uh, the use of the the older talent. I th- I think the older I think when used properly, you know, a, a, a more established older talent can be beneficial to working with young guys and to helping a, a an organization, but. Um, I can I can I can sympathize and understand why you feel like they didn't necessarily put those guys over stronger I guess you could say than they originally did. So that's where I stand when it comes to uh, main event mafia in TNA. All right, man, give me number three. All right, number three guilty pleasure is when wrestling gets a little bit stale or whatever, and people get so mad when like a non wrestler. Or, uh, like, the Shane McMahon. Do you consider him a wrestler, per se? I consider him a character on the show. I there you go. Thank you. I guess you could say a wrestler. That uh, are, are not, or, like, um, when, 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 I, when, like, a character like Shane McMahon or an Eric Bischoff, Vince Russo was crap. But anyway, when, 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 but, uh, when, when, when an authority figure type gets, uh, or, you know, you know get more, more exposure than, than, than the, than the other wrestlers or whatever, if if no one's grab once again the brass ring, if no one's grabbing the brass ring and everything's getting stale, and 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 when the authority figure becomes intriguing or whatever, and they get more airtime than wrestlers, I'm absolutely okay with that. 
guilty pleasure number three is that 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 I think it's kosher. Whether that not not having non wrestlers per se getting more airtime than wrestlers, especially when they're not grabbing the grass ring and getting these scale matches or whatever, whatever whatever's going to entertain us. I actually I I think Shane McMahon is the other than Bray Wyatt is doing the only proper heel. What I mean by that that that, that they're getting. People are booing him for all the. Actually, Bray Wyatt's not getting booed, which, 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 which. I, I want him to. That, that, that. But anyway, I'm, I'm digressing. That, that, uh, but, uh, but, but Shane McMahon's getting booed for all the right reasons, and I love it. Okay. Um, I'm in a similar boat with you when it comes to that. Um, Shane McMahon's doing his job right, and it's getting the reactions that they want, then, you know, I don't see why he can't have a prominent role um, with a fair amount of TV time. I think um, in recent months with this wild, this stupid fucking wild card rule that there's been too much of him, okay? But at some point, there needs to be some kind of end to this, you know what I mean? And... It, it doesn't appear that way in, 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 in the storylines and what we've seen in the last few months on WWE. But um, I think you dial him back a little bit and you use him as like an attraction. I think that's best suited for him now. Um, the narrative of like him being a McMahon and taking over the show and using his you know political stroke to you know get certain guys favors and certain characters and like a Drew McIntyre or an Elias or whoever. Um, that that whole you know heel authoritative figure has been played to de- played out. It's done to death. Yeah. Like you know when we were growing up watching wrestling, um, the only time you saw the boss on TV was like in, during an important moment, like Jack Tunney. Jack Tunney only was out there for the important moments, a contract yeah. signing or to reverse a decision or some kind. You always heard like from the offices of the World Wrestling Federation or World Wrestling Federation officials. You never saw the authority figure on TV as much as you have, in the, as much as we have in the last 22, 23 years. And um, I... I I, I'm in, like I said, I'm in a similar boat with you, but I think in recent memory, the Shane McMahon thing's been kind of played out. And I like Shane. I've always liked him as a character. His matches are exciting. I always enjoy watching his matches um, for all the crazy shit he's done. But I think he could take a break for a little bit. And Actually, make, I don't want him to take a break. I want his climax. But Just, when's it going to? That's the, the thing. I the, feel like it's gone on too long. The, the, see, see? I think that's for a good thing, though. I think I think it's gonna get him. I think it's gonna like. I actually one of the few people that that that, that thinks if they actually, if he's the one that takes the title from Kofi. Oh God. Uh, that that uh, and then Kofi has to chase Shane McMahon. I actually a I think it's gonna it's gonna make Shane McMahon heel of the year, and then b. It's going to make once Kofi gets it back. I think finally turn. Hey, Kofi is a a star. Yeah. But 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 do we actually have? Would we actually call him a superstar? I think it'd be nuts to say that. Uh, but but if he starts, if he does a big chase, and we really, it, it's him again. It's it's him versus the world again. You, you, you know you know Shane McMahon's putting him up against 
you, you, you know, you know, Drew McIntyre and whatever Braun Strowman's of the world, and and and, and, and you know, he has to go through hell and back to get the chain, and then whatever a Survivor Series or whatever, he gets the title back. I think people will lose their fucking minds. I think people lose their minds in a bad way if Shane McMahon won the title. Uh, that, that, but that's what I mean. At first, they would. Uh, but that, 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 uh, that, uh, but but I don't know if they would be in a bad way. I don't way. think wrestling fans have enough patience anymore to 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 go along with with a storyline like that where he wins the belt and then he throws obstacles in Kofi's way and then Kofi eventually gets the title back a few months later. I don't think fans have the patience for that. I really don't. Um, I, I don't. Because I don't want him to see hit. I don't want. I, this is what I don't want. I'm okay. serious. Okay. I don't want Randy Orton to hit him with an RKO, and then and then Randy Orton takes the title away from him, and then Kofi's now back to status quo, going for the IC title. You know what I mean? I don't want that. For no, me. I don't. Think I want we're this. Gonna, I, don't I want think this. We're to, I, I want this to mean something. I really do. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we're gonna see that. Um, you know, at the time of this recording, SummerSlam has not happened yet. Um, you know when this recording drops, which will be September the eleventh, twenty nineteen. Uh, the um, you know we, we may see Randy Orton as WWE champion uh, if if he defeats. It would have stunned me at all. It, it makes me sad. I don't think that's going to happen though. I think that this Kofi Randy Orton thing is for Kofi well, wait, I, to to really get Kofi. In my opinion, Kofi needs. This big win to really legitimize and establish his run as. But that WWE was just an analogy. No, no, no. I know, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying to yeah. you in general. Like I think that he he needs that. But like I said, I don't think wrestling fans have the patience to wait that long to see a Shane McMahon WWE title victory. I think 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it would be a little bit more acceptable. But wrestling fans are a lot different now. I just, I did that for. And I'm really targeted to Kofi. I really want to make Kofi into a superstar. And the way I thought about that was either have... I know we're fantasy booking. Yeah, was either have Shane McMahon be the champion, and then he goes through the obstacle, or that Kofi would beat Randy Orton or whatever, and then all of a sudden Brock Lesnar cashes in on him. You know what I mean? And then... And then the next time they actually have a, like a big match, you know, Kofi beats, uh, that uh, you know, you know, you know, um, Brock Lesnar for the yeah. title. You know what I mean? That that, that uh, those are in my mind. The only two ways for him to actually become a superstar. I just can't think. I, I like I said, I, I, I my, my biggest worry about Kofi is that, that that he's going to just lose a match. There goes the title. Like I said, that him him getting arcade owed or whatever. That was just that's just an analogy. Whatever. No, I, I, th- I think the, I think the, the reaction to his run to the title earlier this year at WrestleMania, you know, to WrestleMania, I think the the, the the way the people reacted to it and how, like, let's be honest here, okay? Oh, that should have um, been the main event. I well, no, I agree, hundred percent. Well, nah, not necessarily. I, I mean, it's it's got room. It, there's a, there's a strong argument to be made that, that you should have closed out WrestleMania that way. But you know, with the women's thing and you know the the. I'm sorry, you're talking to Mister. No, Lula I know wrestling. that. I know. Kofi Kofi Kingston should have been. No, the, I get the, it. I get the it. Event. Understand completely. Um, but I think, considering what New Day. You know where their characters were before this happened. They weren't really doing a whole lot. You know they were kind of like they were just being New Day, yeah. and it was kind of getting old. And they, I wouldn't say they reinvented themselves, but 
they breathed some new life into them with this Kofi thing and how popular got like like that, you yeah. know? How quickly people got behind, especially Kofi, but New Day as a whole. Um, that let's say Kofi were to lose the title, I, I don't see him going back down the card. I I, I, I really I, do. I, I I mean I don't, and that's why I think in order for that to not happen, he's got to beat Randy Orton. He's got to beat someone as legitimate and as credible as him, as as you know, like Randy yeah. Orton. He's got to. Otherwise, it's just a repeat all over. That's what I mean, though. But, but granted, Randy Orton, like I said, was just an analogy. No, I know. And I like that, it. Drew McIntyre is on Claymore or something and loses the title. Yeah. That, 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 uh, him losing the title has to mean something. And and him getting it back has to mean something as well. That, 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 uh, that, that, uh, and I'm just worried that, that, that he's just going to drop the title. And it's going to be Drew McIntyre versus. Uh, Roman Reigns, and he's gonna yeah. be forgotten. Then we're gonna get, like, get him go, going through the IC title versus Shinsuke Nakamura or something. Well, let, well, well let's hope that uh, you know by the time this you know recording drops on September 11, twenty nineteen, that we're, you know we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, my guilty pleasure number three. I'm gonna stick with the TNA theme. Another faction, the Aces and Eights. Oh I, no! Come on. Yeah, I loved the. Please, Aces all right, explain yourself. Well, I, I'm a big Sons of Anarchy fan. I like I, I like that show. The motorcycle culture is you know fascinating to me. Is, and, can we digress uh, real quick? Okay. Did you like season three? Season three of Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. When they went to Ireland. Yeah. I did. Did you really? So I love season one and two. Season three was so bad I stopped watching. Stop! I did, yeah. I already got good again, but but yeah, the, the, I thought season three was so bad. I did think it took a little long when they dragged it out and they had to go all the way to Ireland to get the kid, and then, but you know, yeah. nonetheless. But yeah, I liked I liked the Aces and Eights. I liked the way it was built. I like how um, they slowly infiltrated TNA and they brought something different with a motorcycle club. You know what I mean? You have different factions that, you know, can be gimmicky and some of them are just traditional pro wrestling factions, but you didn't have a motorcycle gang club at the time in wrestling. And I think it, it really played off of what was popular in yeah. pop culture at that time, which was Sons of Anarchy. So I enjoyed the, the different aspects of it, how they incorporated the bike the biker culture into that group with how they initiated guys into the group and the terminology. Like they really worked hard at like making you believe that that culture, that they were, that, that they were a motorcycle club, you know? And I, even though most wrestling fans will say, Oh, it was obvious that bully Ray was the guy that orchestrated the whole thing. Sometimes obvious is good in wrestling. And he was the perfect guy to lead that group, um, and to and you know with him and Devon Gallows was in it. Mike yeah. Knox, Eric Bischoff's kid, Wes Briscoe. They took all these different moving parts that they had in TNA at the time, and they pieced it all together, to make this group. And what I really enjoyed about about it was when they finally revealed that it was Bully Ray, that was the leader of the group, and how like. He had suckered Hogan and other guys in TNA into believing that he was fighting for the cause against the group. They did this special on on um, on TV. It was like a one or two hour special where it was like narrated by Bully Ray 
on the steps and the stages as to how the aces and eights formed. And he basically gave you this in character, mind you, a total storyline in character, this explanation of how the group became one and certain things that, you know, went along the way, key moments as to, you know, how this went down and why, and, you know, how his, how his involvement, you know, made that happen. So like, I, I felt like that was the most continuity that TNA had had at the time when it comes to a storyline and consistency. And when Bully explained it all, I was like, man, that makes all the sense in the world. Like, damn. Like, they did that really well. And, you know, the, the, the because they were an outlaw biker group, they didn't come out from the entryway. They came out through the crowd, like, in the parking lot. Didn't have a spot in the locker room. Um the chaos that it brought, like, it was just, I thought it was well done. And I thought you could have ran with it a little bit longer than it did. I thought that when they, when, when Bully lost the title um, to AJ Styles, and then they did that fucking AJ Styles storyline where Dixie, where it was similar to when Punk left with the belt, and then the whole contract issue, I was like, I, I thought that they should have just, they should have kept going with the Aces and Eights, and they were, they were just dropping like flies left and right. Um, after that, and then the group became no more within a matter yeah. of weeks. And, the, and to me, I was like, I was disappointed. But the overall setup and how it went down, and just the overall, I mean, like I said, I'm a big motorcycle club aficionado, fanatic, if you will. I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. It, uh, I'll give. Uh, so, once again, I, 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 my initial reaction when you said that, it was hate, obviously, and whatever. When I actually, cause the purpose of factions, in my opinion, is either put yourself over or put someone over. It did its job in, in one thing. It put over a, a, a bully. bully Ray. It, it, that cemented he, him he, as like a top absolutely, bad guy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. He and he did that. Uh, and of course, he, you know, Dolly Boys were absolutely amazing. But him as a single wrestler, not so much. That faction put him over as a legitimate singles wrestler. Yeah. And without it, I don't think he, I think he does become a legitimate singles wrestler. So so it did his job. Yep. But however, name me that, wow, you got to go to the TNA's app and you got to look at this Aces and Ace match. You know, wow, you got to look at this promo. Wow, you got to look at this moment in, in, in Aces and Ace history where it's like, holy shit. This revolutionized the industry. I wouldn't or, say revolutionized or, or not, by any means. You know what? Hardly ever do we get a revolutionary. In the sense that... Uh, that's, that, that was that's a memorable be, moment? Uh, yeah, yeah. When when Bully was revealed as the leader. Okay. When he wrestled in Jeff Hardy... In the cage match yeah. with Jeff Hardy. And then Hogan was at ringside. And they and they revealed that he was the guy behind it all. Like It was a cool moment. I had you like Brooke Hogan's... Yeah, and she was too. crying too. <laughs> yeah. Did you know they legitimately uh, dated in real life? Did that they really? That wasn't just a story. Good job, yeah. Bully Ray. Uh, I think I think uh, Hogan's uh, daughter is, is beautiful. Yeah, she's a uh, show. That, 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 uh, her in uh, in um, Velvet Sky. Good job. Yeah, yeah, Good yeah. Job. Bully, yeah. Bully, Bully's done well for himself. Yeah. in the in the female department, yeah. that's for sure. Um, yeah, but uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. I liked Aces and Eights. Um, I thought it was uh, it was something fresh and something different in wrestling, and as well as in TNA when it needed it at the time. So. Uh, 
Yeah, that's uh, that. That's my third guilty pleasure: the Aces and Eights faction from TNA. Um, no more TNA for as far as my guilty pleasures go. Just give you a heads up, Dennis. But give me your fourth guilty pleasure. In All wrestling. right, my fourth guilty pleasure. What, of course, when the story is done right, I like uh, the, the when when the Davis of the world when when the Great Mysterio becomes world champion. When Rey Mysterio won, won like the, uh, I'm not even doing a Rey Mysterio guilty pleasure because now, because who doesn't like Rey Mysterio? But I'm just saying, my guilty pleasure is when you got and like when the giant loses to someone who's like you know 100, an underdog story. Absolutely, I love. It. Some people hate it because because they're like this is the assistance of. Exposing the business. How in the world is a hundred and eight pound man that got like like one of my favorite things in the world? It was actually a squash match of all things. It it was this big big guy. It was four hundred fifty pounds. I mean it's ECW versus Spike Dudley. The match it goes ding ding ding. It, it, it kicks him and then he Spike does the Dudley dog yeah. and then boom. And then, then, then one two three. I love I when the story is done right. I like when when little guys beat the crap out of big guys. I really do. I can get behind some of that, like you said, when it's done right. Um, you know, Mysterio's Mysterio's a good example. Um, I loved when you won the Royal Rumble. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was great too. I thought it was a great moment. But people shit on it, be like, be like, how this, you know, how the only one because Eddie died. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Um, no, I'm right there with you, man. I, I, I can, I can get behind a good underdog story, a good big, you know, a good story where a smaller guy beats a bigger guy. Um, perfect example. One of my favorite storylines of all time. Um, and it may it, it may not have been mapped out and constructed the way that fans would have liked it, but um, the happy accidents that went along the way helped make the story even better. And I'm talking about when Daniel Bryan won the title for that first time in, in at WrestleMania. Yeah, um, that was the last WrestleMania I went to, and um, just the 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 march to get there. Was very roller coaster like, you know. Brian lost the title in uh, in in the summer of 2013, and then he was fighting to get it back. But then all of a sudden, like the Wyatts got in his way, and then he went back to try and going after the championship. And you know, they they the authority was stopping him from doing that. CM Punk left and quit WWE, and then he kind of got put back into that spot. There was rumors he was going to wrestle Sheamus at that WrestleMania in just a regular straight up match, and People thought that was crazy considering how popular his character was. He was a made main event guy by that point. And then eventually getting that spot back to go to WrestleMania to face Triple H and then go in the triple threat with Orton and Batista. I, I mean, it, it, it made all the... Even though the, some of those instances weren't intended to be a part of that story, like Punk leaving and the audience kind of like hijacking the program and, and really wanting Daniel Bryan to be a part of it, like... It made all the sense in the world, and it like, it was like I said, a happy accident. It just came to be, and it developed and formed, and then we got to that point where he won the title, and the the picturesque moment where he's holding the two belts up and the pyro, and you know the, the everything that came with that. Like, it was it was something you had no you you, you had no choice but to get behind it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, of course, one, two, three, kid, uh, Reza Ramon. Yeah, I, mean, I love stories like that. I really yeah. do. I mean, I think they're very relatable stories. Um, I I do think that though, like, there are certain wrestling fans that can't get behind that that kind of a story because because, you, because of the size difference. That's what I mean. So so they have a point. Unless you have a 
You, you, you know, you're a fifth degree black belt. How the heck is in real life? Let's be fair. Uh, how, how, how in the world is, like, you know, uh, I forget his, I always forget his real name, but one, two, three, kid. Sean Walmart. Yeah, think, thank you. How the heck is going to beat up Scott Hall? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not going to happen. Well, you know, I try to, I try to bring, like, when it comes to those, like, big man, small man matches, I try to go, I try to relate to it in a realistic manner. Um, you know, well, you can't, though. That's the thing. In some ways, you can, though. Okay? Um, let's just say Rey Mysterio, Kevin Nash, for instance. Mm-hmm. Okay? They had that match in WCW. Mysterio got that big win. It was like right after they took the mask off, which was a, a dumb fucking idea. And people thought, oh, my God. It's so." I mean, even though the crowd popped for it, there were a lot of fans that were like, no, how the fuck did he beat Kevin Nash? Like, big Kevin Nash. There's no way yeah. he could beat big Kevin Nash like that, you know? That was, a, that was a fluke win, a fluke victory. And then I go back to, I, I, and then years later, you know, I, I, worked in the, I worked in bars for a little while. I was a bouncer, and I've broken up a few scraps. And I've seen scraps with guys that were smaller that got the best of some of these bigger guys. These guys that just don't take shit from anybody that, you know, will fight anybody of any size. Yeah. And they'll, they're, they're so enraged and, you know, passionate about, you know, and, and, and feel the way they do that, that it overtakes them and their size and they, they beat the shit out of some big guy. I've seen, I've seen a couple of fights where smaller guys have gotten the best of some of those bigger guys in these bars. So, then when I look at that, it's like, okay, that could make sense that so-and-so beat this giant of a man, you know, because I've seen it happen in real life. So I try to relate it to that, Mm -hmm. but you get also people that, and there's other fans I've spoken with that I know that it's like, there's no way that, you know, um, that, that, that he could beat this guy. If wrestling were, and, and there's a friend of mine that used to say this a lot. He's like, if wrestling were real, he goes, Big Show or Brock would be the champion. Nobody could be able to beat them up. There's some truth to it, but I kind of go back and relate to, like, you know, what I mentioned earlier. Yeah. I've seen smaller guys beat up bigger guys in bars before. So um, a lot of people can get behind an underdog story, but then there are fans on the other side of the spectrum that are just like, no, like, I'm not buying it. Like, you know, I'm not buying that this big guy is going to lose to this guy. Right here, you know, and I have friends that are like that. That's just they kind of go with that size thing, and they they label some of those smaller wrestlers as like, oh well, he's a flyer. Oh, he'll work with guys in and around his size. He's got no business being in the ring with this person, you know, who's two or three times the size. So, but yeah, that's 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 a that's a that, that's a good one. I, I you know, there's a lot of people that are in your boat, but there are also a lot of people that you know would say, yeah, fuck that. What are you talking about? So, um, all right, let me get to you. Let me get you another guilty of pleasure of mine. This is, this comes from, uh, from, from WCW in the year 2000. Um, I was a fan. You actually were watching WCW. I watched, I mean, I watched, yeah. God bless you. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) I watched everything. I watched everything. Um, because I wanted to see them succeed because they, 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 they had a good roster. Like they were they were right, I gotta, they I, were never meant to lose. Let's face it. With the guys that they had on their roster, yeah. They were ne- WCW was never meant to lose. I gotta hijack you a quick. Okay, go. I got I got a quick question for you. Okay. Because they hit me like a sack of potatoes. Okay. Would you say the year two thousand arguably the worst year in wrestling? 
ECW was throwing a shit fest. WCW was throwing a shit fest. WAF, I guess, was okay. Would you say the year 2000 was arguably the worst year in wrestling? On a creative level? Or just, just like a, as a product as a whole. No. The matches themselves. Nope. I would say 1995. Actually, 1990, that's a good one. 1993. Hey, WCW, yeah. Was, I would even say, if people were because it was more popular, were going to mention WWF, but WCW was even worse. Hey, that was a good rebuttal. Okay, I just had to know. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, okay. That's okay. I mean, there was there wasn't there wasn't some great stuff in the year two thousand from those three companies. There was there was a lot of fun stuff, you know. Um, you know, the edgier content, the attitude. WCW was trying to replicate that, and I thought you know executed. It wasn't executed properly. Um, ECW was being ECW, but they were victims of their own circumstances with guys leaving and um, financial issues, and then eventually the company would would, would fold and close down. But um, I wouldn't say it was the worst year. Um, no, I'd go 95, 93 from, from a content standpoint. Like, there was just some stuff. I tend to agree. Like, I just wanted your opinion. No, no, I appreciate <laughs> it. But um, I enjoyed... In WCW in 2000, I was okay. Actually, I wouldn't say I was okay. I was more than okay with them turning Goldberg heel. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's an unpopular thing. To okay. Say. Yeah. That's very unpopular because Goldberg yeah. was white hot when he was a good guy. The streak and everything. But... I was okay with turning him heel because I thought he needed something. He needed something that was going to different, that was going to move his character forward and was going to differentiate him from the street. Because everyone was holding on to that that street gimmick for so long. Even after he lost it, people were re- recreating a new streak for him. You know what I mean? And to me, I thought that shit was played out. Um, here's why I also like it and I rationalize it too. The way it was done. And who he and 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 who he he turned on? He turned on Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash was the guy that ended his streak at Starcade. Yeah, Kevin Nash was instrumental with the NWO in stopping him from uh, getting his rematch for the title. The infamous finger poke of doom. We've talked about it on this show. Um, Kevin Nash's character and Goldberg had had their issues from time to time. It made all the sense in the world for Goldberg to aligned with Russo and Bischoff, who were the on-screen authority figures at the time, who were opposing Kevin Nash, simply because of his hatred for Kevin Nash, because what Kevin Nash's character did to him in the years prior. That's where I think it was it was very well done. Now, did the turn was it was it was it successful moving forward? No. It wasn't. Because I don't think Goldberg embraced it enough. I think he, he took wrestling too seriously, okay? He took it too seriously from his peers. He took it too seriously from his fans. He still takes it very seriously from the fans. Fans fucking catcall him on Twitter and talk shit to him about the, the, the shitty match he had with Undertaker in Saudi yeah. Arabia a couple months back. And, and, and you know, what the... And, and he still gets pissed and takes it personal. Did you, did you um, see the Matt Riddle? Oh yeah! Oh no, that cracked. Yeah, Riddle. Up. Yeah, Riddle. Riddle rips him a new one. Dolph Ziggler's been doing it on TV lately as well. Yeah. You know, calling his matches bad and shit like that. It's. I mean, he takes it. He takes it way too seriously, and he didn't. He took wrestling so seriously that he was upset that kids were booing him, that fans were booing him. He wanted to be looked at as the hero. Um, 
Goldberg tells a story where after he turned heel, he did an angle with um, wh where he attacked Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who had just returned after Duggan was uh, battling cancer. And um, Goldberg, Kevin Nash's nephew, I believe, was or his son or his nephew was backstage watching the, the segment. And he was and Goldberg was involved in the storyline with Nash and Nash's nephew or his son um, was upset at seeing what Goldberg was doing to Duggan because Duggan, you know, they had announced it on TV. He was returning after battling cancer. You know, they, they, they were really trying to get the people to hate Goldberg and they put him in the situation against a, a, a guy who beat cancer. And then he beats the shit out of him and decimates him. To me, the old school wrestling traditional fan in me is like, that's fucking genius. That's great. That's going to get people to hate him even more. Yeah. But Goldberg couldn't embrace that behind the scenes from stories I've heard, things I've read. So was it successful in the long run? No. As a matter of fact, it only lasted like fucking like a month or two. And then they turned him back into a good guy. And he was opposing Russo. You know, and they tried to make you forget that, you know, that even happened. So, I thought the way it was constructed, the way it came about, the way it happened was very well done. I was okay with it. People didn't like it because they weren't used to seeing Goldberg like that. But me, I think he needed a fresh, fresh coat of paint um, for his character to really separate himself from that streak. Because that streak was just like... At some point, it had to end. It ended. People didn't like how it ended yeah. either. And we've talked about that too. Um, but I thought the way it was done and who he turned on, like he turned on Kevin Nash, the guy who made his life a living hell for two years, you know, off and on. He's siding with Bischoff and Russo, the guys who are trying to, you know, hold Kevin Nash down and end his career, you know, in storyline yeah. terms. To me, it made sense. I liked it. A lot of people didn't like it. That's a guilty pleasure of mine. I wish that if Goldberg embraced it more, um, they could have made him a fucking killer. They could have made him a monster killer of a heel um, to the point where he'd be so badass that the fans would probably turn him back babyface. But they didn't let that process follow through. That, uh, I, I, so first things first, I want to say, I mean, for, for full disclosure, I was probably watching. 15 minutes of WCW at this point. <laughs> it, 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 it was so bad. So I don't have it wasn't that, great. It wasn't that, great. You're I, right. I don't have that, I don't have that much of a valid opinion on on his heel. But I just wish one thing. So the first time I've ever watched Halloween Havoc when, when he fought Goldberg, Goldberg versus Dime Dallas Page was probably like five years ago for the first time. Really? Yeah. That's I know, a good match. I know. I know. When he, when Diamond Dallas Page hit Goldberg with the uh, with the, the, the the reverse jackhammer the to diamond the diamond cutter, cutter, that's when the streak should have been over. That was magic. The, the place were a lot exploded. of people have said that. But but here's the thing. That's hard not to argue. Here's the thing. So so, so 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 I did research on that match. There was actually they actually thought about about about, about Diamond Dallas Page ending the streak that night. Yep, I've heard that. However, too. they couldn't do it. Reason being, because WCW didn't pay enough time that 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 that, that uh, the pay per view ended on the Hogan match that that, that people did not see no, live. People didn't see live. You're, that, that, you're that, wrong. That. You're wrong about that. The Hogan match didn't go on last. No, 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 no. Oh, no, I'm no, mistaken. No. I'm mistaken. No. You, you, I, I get what you're saying. The pay per view. 
because they didn't pay enough time. Went over. Yep. The, 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 the people who saw the paper, uh, you got a ticket, of course, you saw the match. Yeah. But but if you paid the $50 for the pay-per-view, you did not see Goldberg versus Diamond no, Dallas Page live. I watched it live that, 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 that night at that, a friend's house, And they said too. that was maybe one of the reasons why he did not win the title that, that, that but day. But they had... So, that, uh, all right, so you're saying that originally they, they came up with a finish of DDP beating Goldberg that night, but because the pay-per-view carriers ended the pay-per-view All conspiracy theory stuff. They switched the finish? I heard murmurs that, that, that potentially that was the case. Okay. That... that, that, that uh, that's it. Then I, I don't think. And I, of course, what better? What were you? You see, get zapped by by Scott Hall over a cattle prong, or or, or you want to see a reverse uh, diamond cutter at the, the, the Jack Edward diamond I cutter? I wouldn't have been against DDP ending the streak. No, I wouldn't have. Um, he was popular. It would, diamond it, cutter it would have popular. Him, made, it it would have been a mega star. Yeah, we made him into a mega star. Even though he was a big deal around yeah. that time too. You got to remember, DDP was coming off a rivalry with Hogan. Um, they did the thing with, even though it was stupid, they did the thing with Jay Leno. That got a lot of press. But DDP also did that run with Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman yeah. earlier that year. His character was super popular. DDP had a hell of a year in 1998. Um, he was a uh, he was a main focal point of WCW programming. Um, so him beating Goldberg, I wouldn't have been against it. I would not have. I would have enjoyed. I think he would have been the right guy to do it. it. That's hard not to argue, man. That's you know that's. I I can't argue that one. I, if, can I come up with an alternative? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't mind the way they did it with Kevin Nash. We've talked about it. I didn't mind that streak ending that way. I didn't want shenanigans. There was no, there was no, there was no payoff to it though. That's the problem. Yeah. There was no follow through. I didn't mind that they did all that shit, but we've talked about this before. Goldberg would have had to have run down through the entire NWO to eventually get his heat back, yeah. and they didn't do that because he got hurt and he was out of action. And then they split the NWO up, and those guys were dropping like flies. So that's another story for another day. In fact, we even talked about that on our first Guilty Pleasures, ironically enough. But, you know, DDP, man, that's not a bad choice. You know, I, I, you make a strong, valid point that he could have been the guy to, to end that streak. And it, which, in my opinion, too, which is even a bigger crime than how the streak ended, was that my trivia question for you is how many times is Goldberg, how many times was, was he WCW champion? Um, technically once. That's it. Because the second that's, time, that's it, ridiculous. Cause, all right. So do you remember? Um, the so it was Halloween Havoc, nineteen ninety nine. The following year, it was Russo's first pay per view he booked for WCW. The advertised matches were it was a double main event. It was Hogan and Sting for the title. Hogan was a good guy. Sting was a bad guy. And then Goldberg and Sid for the United States title. So they did the storyline where Hogan came out in street clothes, walked in the ring, looked at Sting, laid down, and Sting put his foot on him, and the referee counted for three, and Hogan left. And everyone was like, what the fuck is going on? It was supposed to lead to something with Hogan um, you know, coming back eventually with Russo and having an issue with Russo. And then Goldberg beat Sid. Later in the night, Sting comes out with the belt and was like, I'm looking for a fight. Like I didn't come to Vegas to 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 beat my opponent that way. I'm looking yeah. for a fight. Anyone out there want to fight me? Come fight me. Goldberg comes out. They have a quick match. Goldberg beats him, but the belt was never 
up for grabs. Oh Goldberg yeah, Goldberg left I do with the belt. That, yeah. yeah, and then they did the whole, and then that's how they 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 vacated the title. Yeah, he goes. I'm looking for a fight. It wasn't a title match. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Goldberg technically only was yeah. the WCW champion. That's ridiculous. One time. That's ridiculous. Um, yes and no. I mean, yeah, he sh- he probably should have had another run with it, but I mean, who knows? Um, but yeah, that's my guilty pleasure. Goldberg's heel turn. The the beginning of it. I'll, I'll I'll preface that by saying so. All right, man. Last one. What so did this actually start? I didn't even mention to your to your brother yet. So 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 me and Justin were having a conversation about little people wrestling and how and, I, and how I my opinion is no place for it. It's comedic. It's it's stupid or whatever. So what did I do? I just started watching some little people wrestling. <laughs> I like it, <laughs> and some of it is really good. It's not for everyone. It, it, no, it's definitely not for everybody. That 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 yeah. That that uh. Yeah, you can't call it midget wrestling. No, anymore, no, no. I don't like. I don't like that. I hate using. I the, the the worst terminology that I hate is still in my head. It's the R word. I hate using that word, and I hate using the M word too. That's a midget. That 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 uh. The other two, I just hate those in my It's still kind of sort of in my yeah, vocabulary. Yeah. That, 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 uh, but anyway, yeah, little people wrestling. I actually kind of like it now. That, 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 uh, it, it's tough to take it serious. I get the reasons why. It's 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 it's, it's it, at first you the, the the bad person always comes out with comes, comes out to you. if you if you got to be fully real, the bad person comes out on you first. That you want to laugh at it. Don't laugh at it. Give it like a real solid chance, and just look for look at it for what it is. I actually think it's a quite enjoyable experience. I really do. I, I look just like any wrestling. It's really bad, and it's really good. Granted, I only saw by maybe like an hour and a half, two hours, like four, like seven matches. I saw. They're all on YouTube. You can all check it out. Okay. Uh, that, that, that I couldn't tell you who, who they were or nothing. I just on loop. I saw little people wrestling, and I really enjoyed it. Okay, um, I, th- you know what? All right, I got a question for you. Yeah. Was the, was the, the, the little people wrestling matches that you watched, were they, t- were the matches, were the structure of the matches taken seriously, or was it like, a, was it? Some of them were, some of them weren't. Okay, see, that's the problem. Yeah. All right, is that if, you know, at least if, if speaking for myself and I'm sure I could probably speak for you too like yeah. you know we're all about I, I would you know especially in today's world I, I want to see you know just in life in general like people of all different races all different genders all different sexual orientations um, shapes and sizes all have the same rights you know what I mean and be looked at as equals you know I don't think any one person is better than the other I think you know, not to get too political here, but I think our country is very much divided mm-hmm. and divided in many different ways between races, religion, sexual orientation, political, you know, beliefs, whatever the case is. Everyone has got an opinion about anything, and if you don't have the same opinion as the other person, then they're a fucking asshole and it turns into a big issue. I try to avoid all that stuff. I think I do a very good job because I don't talk politics or anything with anyone on social media. I didn't even vote. I think they're both out. I think they were both assholes. Um, so uh, anyhow, nonetheless, I feel like a a little person 
should be afforded the same opportunities as everyone else and shouldn't be exploited for being a little person. Like, they have that stupid show on TLC, you know, my, the, the the little people. Yeah. You know, and it's like a community of little people and they, you know, they, they hang out and they do every, you know, everything, you know, every everyday stuff in their lives like us, you know, married, kids, grocery store, work, all that nonsense. And I feel like labeling it like midget wrestling or little people wrestling like you're already you're already not taking it seriously when you label it that you know what i mean and the same can be said for even women's wrestling too when you say women you know because there's gender issues in our country people have issues with labeling someone a woman or labeling someone a man or labeling someone transgender mm -hmm. you know there, there's there, there's all kinds of these labeling issues i feel like the little people wrestling that you are referring to, and I'm labeling it here because I'm just trying to make a point, I think that makes it hard for people to take it seriously. And I think the structure of the matches, it's hard to take them seriously as well because they are... They already stand out because they are not of normal yeah. size. Okay, So now they're doing things in these matches that are making them stand out and they're trying to make people... They're trying to entertain people because maybe their physical abilities in the ring with their skills aren't up to par, so it's become like a sideshow, like entertainment. Is there a place for it? Absolutely. I think there is. But I think it needs I think to some degree it should be taken seriously so it doesn't turn into like a comedy act, you know? I get it that it's it, it yeah. that it that you know it kind of it was a comedic element of wrestling, and it preceded what we see today for many, many years. But I feel like it's got to be treated with some seriousness in order for people to take it seriously. Like, Otherwise, you're just going to look at it and be like, oh, yeah, hey, it's the midget segment. I'm going to go take a piss. And, and I'm not trying to say that in a disparaging way, but, you know, that's how people may categorize this it. This is where I felt, and, and, and it goes hand in hand to what you're saying, this is where I so, felt so bad was so I'm watching these matches, and... And and some of these moves were really really good and 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 and, 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 I, and they were telling a good story, but the commentators, though that 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 uh, were were just ruining the experience and and it's like ruining it in what way like they're, it, like they're, like they're like, laughing look at their little legs oh see there you yeah, go that's yeah, the yeah. thing yeah, it's, it's also on the commentators too to yeah. make it to that's what I mean it's it made me so sad that you're if you watch it on mute. Like, like, like you'd be like, well, this is not, this is not half bad at all. But that, that, uh, that, that, it just sucks that, that, that they gotta rely on, on, uh, on other people that not, not to, not, not to like ruin the experience, you know what yeah. I mean? That, 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 uh, that, that, uh, I, it, but, um, so that goes hand in hand what you're saying, that, 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 like, 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 it's so easy if you, if you don't, if, if you don't have like, um, a clear mind, or what I want—I'm I can't think of the proper analogy right now. But that uh, that that uh, if you just instantly just see see as a freak show and these people like you know you know and they're whatever. I mean, you can't help but when you look at a little person that they are different. Okay, you can't help that. Okay, it's just it's it's just human nature. Yeah. Okay. You can't help if someone has some sort of facial deformity or some so, something that makes them stand out from everyone else. You know, good or bad, you just can't help it. it you're gonna you're gonna look at it differently. If okay? I could digress real quick, yeah, that happened to me recently. It did that at a bar. 
This person had a big growth on his face, right? And I'm like, don't stare at it, don't stare at it, don't stare at it, right? <laughs> and, and you're the, the asshole that stared no, at it. No, no, not at all. Not at all. The, that guy, it, it was actually to, to like almost to, to like the, that, the opposite opposite side where he actually like, I, I think I'm very, I, I think at the end of the day I'm a good person. I really oh, absolutely. Oh, great, and everybody does. I bet you Adolf Hitler thought that. That's it anyway. That's it anyway. But he just kind of gently grabbed my hand and said, it's okay to look at me. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Really? Yeah. So like I said, I think I was like the I was like the extreme one where, where I was like like when he was taking his order. I mean, I was looking at him, but I was only for like half a second. And I'm like, and I'm taking his order. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't don't look at it. That's that's all. So I'm just like fucking Captain uh, Obvious uh, over yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 anyway, that, 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 uh, but uh, but uh, but anyway, that, that, uh, but, but sometimes it's okay to acknowledge, like you said, it's okay to acknowledge the. Uh, like the, um, like the like like so, uh, the obvious. Yeah, the obvious. It's, it's okay to acknowledge the obvious. It's just don't be a, a dick about it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that, that that's a great point. Um, all right, man. I'm on my last one, and then we're gonna wrap things up. Um, my guilty pleasure. My last one for 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 this week here. Um, similar to the Goldberg heel turn, I liked when Austin joined Vince McMahon at the end of WrestleMania 17. Originally, when I first saw it, I saw that pay-per-view live. What was that, uh, 17? Yep. That, 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 uh, I'm like, brilliant. A couple months later, bad move. Um, yeah, I, 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 I agree with you there. When I watched it, I was like, man. like, Because if you go back and you remember, Austin was coming off that neck surgery. He was making his comeback. He won the Royal Rumble. It's that big collision course. Him and The Rock. Those two iconic figures. And in the storyline, Austin was a little more aggressive um, than usual. And there was a sit-down interview. I'll never forget. It's one of my favorite interviews to watch. You can YouTube it. Um, it's a sit-down interview that Jim Ross conducted with both Austin and The Rock heading into WrestleMania where they talk about the match. And they talk about the issues that they had leading into the match. And they talk about their history. And they talk about where each individual's coming from to get to this point. And Austin talks about the neck surgery and talks about, you know, the, the long road he's had to get to this point. And in a dead, serious face, looks at Rock and says, Rock, I need to beat you. I need to beat you more than you'll ever know. You know, and that to me, like amped up the intensity going into the match like you, Austin had a purpose but you didn't know exactly why you kind of had an idea that like it stemmed from like him being out for so long and he needed to come back and and see if he can if if, if he's got it yeah. and if he can beat the rock you know but there was just something about it like you knew something was brewing there was more to it but you just couldn't figure it out yet and I remember like in the weeks leading up to it they had I, I read a um, uh, a rumor on the dirt sheets that there was talk of Austin um, turning heel and joining up with Vince at WrestleMania, um, but it wasn't like it wasn't one of those rumors that like spread like wildfire and it was everywhere. So going into that pay per view, which I regard as the greatest wrestling pay per view of all time, top to bottom, What's up, um, it's the greatest WrestleMania of all time, in my opinion. Um, the match was awesome. The intensity, um, the fact it was in Austin's home state in Texas and Houston, 
um, played a big part in it. But it also was a de- but it taking place in Houston was also a detriment to the heel turn. I thought it made all the sense in the world that Austin would would make a deal with the devil himself, Vince McMahon, the guy that he'd been battling for three plus years on TV, made a deal with the devil and sold his soul to the devil to get back his championship. I thought it made the most sense that he did that. I looking back on it in hindsight and I even thought about this a few months after kind of like you Texas was the wrong place to do it because no matter what Austin did in that match that crowd loved him that crowd was with him the entire the entire step of the the each each step in the match they they booed everything rock did and they cheered overwhelmingly Everything that Austin did. Even when Austin got the chair from McMahon and you could kind of see, like, and even in the commentary, like, you know, JR, like, not knowing, like, not believing what he's seeing. And Paul Heyman, who was on commentary, just kind of, you know, like, no, JR, like, he, 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 you know, him and Vince are working together. Like, he made a deal with the devil. Like, he's doing whatever it takes. There is no holds barred. Like, you know, this is no holds barred. Like, it's for the title. Like, he's doing whatever it takes to win the championship. You could see on the screen as you're watching this, that crowd was still behind him when Austin, when Vince handed him the chair, they cheered for it. And he's fucking nailing Rock with the chair, nailing Rock with the chair. He finally goes for the cover. The ref makes the count. It's a three count. Austin wins. The place explodes. He shakes Vince's hand. They're still cheering it. They do a beer toast over the rock. They dump the beer on. They walk up the ramp. They're still cheering it. No one's throwing garbage in the ring. No one's booing it. It's in Texas. He, you know, Austin's a, a Texas boy. That's the only thing that, like, I think dampers this heel turn was the fact that it took place in Texas. If it took place anywhere else. I think it would have been a little bit more accepted, but I think because it took place in Texas and then moving forward, it was so shocking that people couldn't really accept it. You know what I mean? It was I don't think it was necessarily anything that Austin wasn't doing. Like here's like for instance, Goldberg's heel turn. I said it earlier. He couldn't he couldn't accept that he was changing characters and he couldn't accept that the character change was affecting members of the audience. So therefore, he couldn't perform under that character very well. Austin did everything he possibly could to try and differentiate this version of him from his original character by aligning with Vince. The 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 singing with the guitar, you know, the, all the, the stupid the segments where he would like hug Vince like out of nowhere. Um, the, the 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 comedy stuff with Kurt Angle and Vince and the three of them and um, just the the. The over-the-top, like, he, like they had him beat up JR. I thought that was great. In Oklahoma City, JR's hometown. They had him beat up Lita. You know, like, they did all these things to try and make his character be hated so much. The audience couldn't accept that he was with Vince. And I think what started that was the fact that the audience in Texas at that WrestleMania cheered what took place instead of booing it out of the building. On paper... The theory of him joining Vince makes sense to me, and that's why I like it. Moving forward, there's moments of brilliance in Austin's character as a bad guy that I enjoyed, but there are other instances where he was so bad at what he did 
the audience didn't want to accept it. And therefore, they had no choice but to turn him back into a good guy. Yeah. So that's my guilty pleasure is when Austin turned on Vince McMahon. People say that it's the greatest WrestleMania of all time despite that turn. But people also say it's not the greatest WrestleMania of all time because the finish of that main event and the the heel turn. Me, I beg to differ. I, I liked it. I and thought I, it made sense. That uh, my and my gripe with the, the whole Austin turn was that here you got this badass character and you love him. Yeah, you we were all related to him. We all like how jealous we are. He beat the shit out of his boss. We all we all want to beat the shit out of our boss. That, that, that uh, how amazing is all this? So, and the nature of a heel is you're kind of a pussy, you know what I mean? We don't want to see Stone Cold as a pussy, you know what I mean? And the old Kurt Angle, don't throw me over! Oh, yeah, the bridge, yeah, with the gold medals, yeah. Like, oh, Jesus. That, 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 uh, that, uh, if somehow we could still have. Like, uh, like a Stone Cold Steve Austin, like, like Kevin Owens, like, fight anybody type of, type of thing, right? That would have been cool. That really would. Him beating the shit out of Lita, and then beat, him beating the shit out of Kurt Angle on the same night or whatever. That'd be awesome. No one's safe, you know what I mean? Even the girls, yeah. you know? That'd be, that'd be awesome, you know? But they made her to a pussy, and that's the thing. Cowboy hats and guitars, come on. But they tried to do everything to get the audience to hate that, you know what I mean? Like, that was the strategy, is that, like, doing these, these uncharacteristic things was, was trying to get the audience to hate it, but he did it so well that, like, then they started cheering it. You know, so yeah. it was almost like they tried too hard. And even though some of that stuff was good, people just didn't want to accept it. So there you have it. That is my fifth and final guilty pleasures. Dennis, you know, it's always, always a pleasure. A pleasure. You know always this. a pleasure having you here. Um, going to come back for one more? Absolutely. Next it. week, we're going to celebrate the 20-year anniversary of ECW's Anarchy Rules. We're going to watch that event from beginning to end. ECW Anarchy Rules 1999. One of my favorites. Watch it from beginning to end on the WWE Network. So uh, watch with us next week. Every WWE Network uh, loaded up and ready to go. It's a new network, uh, you know, new new design and new format. So I'll give you some uh, extra special instructions on how to get there when we watch that. So we're gonna uh, we're, we're gonna do that next week, and then the following week we're gonna end the month of September with um, the second installment of our Blind Date Diaries. Uh, I, I go back and watch WWF One Night Only from September the 20th, 1997. And then I give you guys a, a, my recap. Was it a good blind date? Was it a bad blind date? <laughs> After watching it for the very first time, you'll find out in two weeks here on Kicking Out at Two. Don't forget, social media, facebook.com forward slash Kicking Out at Two. Our Twitter, at Kicking Out Two. Hit the like button. Give us a follow. Be a part of the Kicking Out at Two crew over on both of our social medias, as well as the Retromania Pro Wrestling podcast network on podbean you can find links to archive shows over there on podbean by searching retromania and you know what i think it's about that time that we put this show down for the three count we are no longer guilty of our pleasurable wrestling moments in history and we will see you all next week